Chapter Eight of Ruggles of Red Gap by Harry Leon Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight. I have never been able to recall the precise moment the next morning when I began to feel a strange disquietude, but the opening hours of the day were marked by a series of occurrences, slight in themselves, yet so cumulatively ominous that they seemed to lower above me like a cloud of menace. Looking from my window, shortly after the rising hour, I observed a paper-boy pass through the street, whistling a popular melody as he ran up to toss folded journals into doorways. Something I cannot explain went through me even then. Some premonition of disaster, slinking furtively under my casual reflection that even in this remote wild the public press was not unknown half an hour later the telephone rang in a lower room and i heard mrs effie speak in answer an unusual note in her voice caused me to listen more attentively i stepped outside my door to someone she was expressing amazement doubt and quick impatience which seemed to culminate, after she had again listened, in a piercing cry of consternation. The term is not too strong. Evidently, by the unknown speaker, she had been first puzzled, then startled, then horrified. And now, as her anguished cry still rang in my ears, that sneaky premonition of evil again writhed across my consciousness presently i heard the front door open and close peering into the hallway below i saw that she had secured the newspaper i had seen dropped her own door now closed upon her i waited listening intently something told me that the incident was not closed a brief interval elapsed and she was again at the telephone excitedly demanding to be put through to a number come at once i heard her cry it's unspeakable there isn't a moment to lose come as you are hereupon banging the receiver into its place with frenzied roughness she ran halfway up the stairs to shout egbert egbert flood you march right down here this minute sir from his room i heard an alarmed response and a moment later knew that he had joined her the door closed upon them but high words reached me mostly the words of mrs effie they were though i could detect muffled retorts from the other wondering what this could portend i noted from my window some ten minutes later the hurried arrival of the c belknap jacksons the husband clenched a crumpled newspaper in one hand and both he and his wife betrayed signs to the trained eye of having performed hasty toilets for this early call as the door of the drawing-room closed upon them there ensued a terrific outburst carrying a rich general effect of astounded rage some moments the sinister chorus continued then a door sharply opened and i heard my own name cried out by mrs effie in a tone that caused me to shudder rapidly descending the stairs i entered the room to face the excited group 
cousin egbert crouched on a sofa in a far corner like a hunted beast but the others were standing and all glared at me furiously the ladies addressed me simultaneously one of them i believe asking me what i meant by it and the other demanding how dared i which had the sole effect of adding to my bewilderment nor did the words of cousin egbert diminish this hello bill he called adding with a sort of timid bravado don't let em bluff you not for a minute yes and it was probably all that wretched cousin egbert's fault in the first place snapped mrs belknap jackson almost tearfully say listen here now i don't see as how i've done anything wrong he feebly protested bill's human ain't he answer me that one sees it all this from belknap jackson in bitter and judicial tones he flung out his hands at cousin egbert in a gesture of pitiless scorn i dare say he continued that poor ruggles was merely a tool in his hands weak possibly but not vicious may i inquire i made bold to begin but mrs effie shut me off brandishing the newspaper before me read it she commanded in hoarse tragic tones there she added pointing at monstrous black headlines on the page as i weakly took it from her and then i saw there before them divining how the enormity of what had come to pass i controlled myself to master the following screed redgap's distinguished visitor colonel marmaduke ruggles of london and paris late of the british army bon vivant and man of the world is in our midst for an indefinite stay being at present the honoured house guest of senator and mrs james knox floud who returned from foreign parts on the five sixteen flyer yesterday afternoon colonel ruggles has long been intimately associated with the family of his lordship the earl of brinstead and especially with his lordship's brother the honourable george augustus vane basingwell with whom he has recently been sojourning in la belle france in a brief interview which the colonel genially accorded ye scribe he expressed himself as delighted with our thriving little city it's somewhat of a town if i've caught your american slang he said with a merry twinkle in his eyes you have the garden spot of the west if not of the civilized world and your people display a charm that must be i dare say typically american altogether i am enchanted with the wonders i have beheld since landing at your new york particularly with the habit your best people have of roughing it in camps like that of mr c belknap jackson among the mountains of new york where i was most pleasantly entertained by himself and his delightful wife the length of my stay among you is uncertain though i have been pressed by the flouds with whom i am stopping and by the c belknap jacksons to prolong it indefinitely and in fact to identify myself to an extent with your social life the colonel is a man of distinguished appearance with the seasoned bearing of an old campaigner and though at moments he displays that cool reserve so typical of the english gentleman 
evidence was not lacking last evening that he can unbend on occasion at the lawn fete held in the spacious grounds of judge ballard where a myriad japanese lanterns made the scene a veritable fairyland he was quite the most sought-after notable present and gaily tripped the light fantastic toe with the elite of red gap's smart set there assembled from his cordial manner of entering into the spirit of the affair we predict that colonel ruggles will be a decided acquisition to our social life and we understand that a series of recherche entertainments in his honour has already been planned by mrs county judge ballard who took the distinguished guest under her wing the moment he appeared last evening welcome to our city colonel and may the warm hearts of red gap cause you to forget that european world of fashion of which you have long been so distinguished an ornament in a sickening silence i finished the thing as the absurd sheet fell from my nerveless fingers mrs effie cried in a voice hoarse with emotion do you realize the dreadful thing you've done to us speechless i was with humiliation unequal even to protesting that i had said nothing of the sort to the press chap i mean to say he had wretchedly twisted my harmless words have you nothing to say for yourself demanded mrs belknap jackson also in a voice hoarse with emotion i glanced at her husband he too was pale with anger and trembling so that i fancied he dared not trust himself to speak the wretched man declared mrs effie addressing them all simply can't realize how disgraceful it is oh we shall never be able to live it down imagine those flippant spokane sheets dressing up the thing hissed belknap jackson speaking for the first time imagine their blackguardly humour and that awful cousin egbert broke in mrs effie pointing a desperate finger toward him think of the laughing stock he'll become why he'll simply never be able to hold up his head again say you listen here exclaimed cousin egbert with sudden heat never you mind about my head i always been able to hold up my head any time i felt like it and again to me he threw out don't you let em bluff you bill i gave him a notice for the paper explained mrs effie plaintively i'd written it all nicely out to save them time in the office and that would have prevented this disgrace but he never gave it in i clean forgot it declared the offender what with one thing and another and gassing back and forth with some of the boys it kind of went out of my head meeting our best people actually dancing with them murmured mrs belknap jackson in a voice vibrant with horror my dear i truly am so sorry for you 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 people entertained him delightfully at your camp murmured mrs effie quickly in her turn with a gesture toward the journal oh we're both in it i know i know it's appalling we'll never be able to live it down said mrs effie we shall have to go away somewhere can't you imagine what jan ballard will say when she learns the truth 
asked the other bitterly say we did it on purpose to humiliate her and just as all our little scraps were were being smoothed out so we could get together and put that bohemian set in its place oh so dreadful on the verge of tears she seemed and scarcely a word mentioned of our own return when i'd taken such pains with the notice listen here said cousin egbert brightly i'll take the piece down now and he can print it in his paper for you to-morrow you can't understand she replied impatiently i casually mentioned our having brought an english manservant print that now and insult all our best people who received him pathetic how little the poor chap understands sighed belknap jackson no sense at all of our plight naturally a series of entertainments being planned in his honour quavered mrs belknap jackson the most sought-after notable present echoed mrs effie viciously again and again i had essayed to protest my innocence only to provoke renewed outbursts i could but stand there with what dignity i retained and let them savage me cousin egbert now spoke again shucks what's all the fuss just because i took bill out and give him a good time didn't you say yourself in that there very piece that he'd impart to coming functions an air of smartiness like they have all over europe didn't you write them very words and ain't he already done it the very first night he gets here right at that there lawn feet where i took him what for do you jump on me then i took him and he done it he done it good bill's a born mixer why he had all them north side society dames stung the minute i flashed him after him quicker than hell could scorch a feather run out from under their hats to get introduced to him <laughs> and now you all turn on me like a passel of starved wolves he finished with a note of genuine irritation i had never heard in his voice the poor creature's demented remarked mrs belknap jackson pityingly always been that way said mrs effie hopelessly belknap jackson contented himself with a mere clicking sound of commiseration all right then if you're so smart continued cousin egbert just the same bill here is the most popular thing in the whole coolanch valley this minute so all i got to say is if you want to play this here society game you better stick close by him first thing you know some of them other dames will have him won from you that miss ballard's going to invite him to supper or dinner or some other doings right away i heard her say so to my amazement a curious and prolonged silence greeted this amazing tirade the three at length were regarding each other almost furtively belknap jackson began to pace the floor in deep thought after all no one knows except ourselves he said in curiously hushed tones at last of course it's one way out of a dreadful mess observed his wife colonel marmaduke ruggles of the british army 
said mrs effie in a peculiar tone as if she were trying over a song it may indeed be the best way out of an impossible situation continued belknap jackson musingly otherwise we face a social upheaval that might leave us demoralized for years say nothing of making us a laughing-stock with the rabble in fact i see nothing else to be done cousin egbert would be sure to spoil it all again objected mrs effie glaring at him no danger returned the other with his superior smile being quite unable to realize what has happened he will be equally unable to realize what is going to happen we may speak before him as before a babe in arms the amenities of the situation are forever beyond him i guess i was being able to hold up my head when i felt like it put in cousin egbert now again both sullen and puzzled once more he threw out his encouragement to me don't let em run any bluffs bill they can't touch you and they know it touch him murmured mrs belknap jackson with an able sneer my dear what a trial he must have been to you i never knew he's as bad as the mater actually and such hopes i had of him in paris replied mrs effie when he was taken up art and dressing for dinner and everything i can be pushed just so far muttered the offender darkly there was now a ring at the door which i took the liberty of answering and received two notes from a messenger one bore the address of mrs flood and the other was quite astonishingly to myself the name preceded by colonel that's jen ballard stationery cried mrs belknap jackson trust her not to lose one second in getting busy but he mustn't answer the door that way exclaimed her husband as i handed mrs effie her note they were indeed both from my acquaintance of the night before receiving permission to read my own i found it to be a dinner invitation for the following friday mrs effie looked up from hers it's all too true she announced grimly we're asked to dinner and she earnestly hopes dear colonel ruggles will have made no other engagement she also says hasn't he the darlingest english accent oh isn't it a mess you see how right i am said belknap jackson i guess we've got to go through with it conceded mrs effie the pushing thing that ballard woman is observed her friend ruggles exclaimed belknap jackson addressing me with sudden decision yes sir listen carefully i'm quite serious in future you will try to address me as if i were your equal ah rather you will try to address me as if you were my equal i dare say it will come to you easily after a bit of practice your employers will wish you to address them in the same manner you will cultivate towards us a manner of easy friendliness remember i'm entirely serious quite as if you were one of us 
you must try to be in short the colonel marmaduke ruggles that wretched penny a liner has foisted upon these innocent people we shall thus avert a most humiliating contretemps the thing fair staggered me i fell weakly into the chair by which i had stood for the first time in a not uneventful career feeling that my savoir-faire had been overtaxed quite right he went on be seated as one of us and he amazingly proffered me his cigarette-case do take one old chap he insisted as i weakly waved it away and against my will i did so dare say you'll fancy them a non-throat cigarette specially prescribed for me he now held a match so that i was obliged to smoke never have i been in less humour for it there not so hard is it you see we're getting on famously ain't i always said bill was a good mixer called cousin egbert but his gaucherie was pointedly ignored now continued belknap jackson suppose you tell us in a chatty friendly way just what you think about this regrettable affair all sat forward interestedly but i met what i supposed were your villagers i said your small tradesmen your artisans clerks shop assistants tenant farmers and the like i'd no idea in the world they were your county families it seemed quite a bit too jolly for that and your press chap preposterous quite he quizzed me rather i admit but he made it vastly different your pressmen are remarkable that thing is a fair crumpler but surely put in mrs effie you could see that mrs judge ballard must be one of our best people i saw she was a goodish sort i explained but it never occurred to me one would meet her in your best houses and when she spoke of entertaining me i fancied i might stroll by her cottage some fair day and be asked into a slice from one of her own loaves and a dish of tea there was that about her mercy exclaimed both ladies mrs belknap jackson adding a bit maliciously i thought oh don't you awfully wish she could hear him say it just that way as to the title i continued mr egbert has from the first had a curious american tendency to present me to his many friends as colonel i am sure he means as little by it as when he calls me bill which i have often reminded him is not a name of mine oh we understand the poor chap is a social incompetent said belknap jackson with a despairing shrug say look here suddenly exclaimed cousin egbert a new heat in his tone what i call bill ain't a marker to what i call you when i really get going you ought to hear me some day when i'm feeling right really exclaimed the other with elaborate sarcasm yes sir surest thing you know i could call you a lot of good things right now if so many ladies wasn't around you don't think i'd be afraid do you why bill there had you licked with one wallop but really really 
protested the other with a helpless shrug to the ladies who were gasping with dismay you ruffian cried his wife egbert flowed said mrs effie fiercely you will apologize to charles before you leave this room the idea of forgetting yourself that way apologize at once no oh, very well he grumbled i apologize like i'm made to but he added quickly with even more irritation only don't you get the idea it's because i'm afraid of you tush tush said belknap jackson no sir i apologize but it ain't for one minute because i'm afraid of you your bare apology is ample i'm bound to accept it replied the other a bit uneasily i thought come right down to it continued cousin egbert i ain't afraid of hardly any person i can be pushed just so far here he looked significantly at mrs effie after all i've tried to do for him she moaned i thought he had something in him darn it all i like to be friendly with my friends he bluntly persisted i call a man anything that suits me and i ain't ever apologized yet because i was afraid i want all parties here to get that say no more please it's quite understood said belknap jackson hastily the other subsided into low mutterings i trust you fully understand the situation ruggles colonel ruggles he continued to me it's preposterous but plain as a pillar-box i answered i can only regret it as keenly as any right-minded person should it's not at all what i've been accustomed to very well then i suggest that you accompany me for a drive this afternoon i'll call for you with the trap say at three perhaps suggested his wife it might be as well if colonel ruggles were to come to us as a guest she was regarding me with a gaze that was frankly speculative oh not at all not at all retorted mrs effie crisply having been announced as our house guest never in the world for him to go to you so soon we must be careful in this later perhaps my dear briefly the ladies measured each other with a glance could it be i asked myself that they were spotting for the possession of me naturally he will be asked about everywhere and there'll be loads of entertaining to do in return of course returned mrs effie and i never think of putting it off on to you dear when we're wholly to blame for the awful thing that's so thoughtful of you dear replied her friend coldly at three then said belknap jackson as we arose i shall be delighted i murmured i bet you won't said cousin egbert sourly he wants to show you off this i could see was ignored as a sheer indecency we shall have to get a reception in quick said mrs effie her eyes narrowed in calculation i don't see what all the fuss was about remarked cousin egbert again as if to himself tearing me to pieces like a passel of wolves the belknap jacksons left hastily not deigning him a glance 
and to do the poor soul justice i believe he did not at all know what the fuss had been about the niceties of the situation were beyond him dear old sort though he had shown himself to be i knew then i was never again to be harsh with him let him dress as he would say he asked the moment we were alone you remember that thing you called him back there that night blighted little mug was it it's best forgotten sir i said well sir some way it sounded just the thing to call him it sounded bully what does it mean so far was his darkened mind from comprehending that i in a foreign land among a weird people must now have a go at being a gentleman and that if i fluffed my catch we should all be gossiped to rags alone in my room i made a hasty inventory of my wardrobe thanks to the circumstances that the honourable george despite my warning had for several years refused to bant it was rather well stocked the evening clothes were irreproachable so were the frock coat and a morning suit of waistcoats there were a number showing but slight wear the three lounge suits of tweed though slightly demoted would still be vogue in this remote spot for sticks gloves cravats and body linen i saw that i should be compelled to levy on the store i had laid in for cousin egbert and i happily discovered that his top hat set me quite effectively also in a cask of trifles that had knocked about in my box i had the good fortune to find the monocle that the honourable george had discarded some years before on the ground that it was bally nonsense i screwed the glass into my eye the effect was tremendous rather a lock i might have thought it but for the false military title that was rank deception and i have always regarded any sort of wrong-doing as detestable perhaps if he had introduced me as a mere subaltern in a line regiment but i was powerless for the afternoon's drive i chose the smartest of the lounge suits a carlsbad hat which cousin egbert had bitterly resented for himself and for topcoat a light-weight straight-hanging chesterfield with velvet collar which although the cut studiously avoids a fitted effect is yet a garment that intrigues the eye when carried with any distinction so many topcoats are but mere wrappings i had two gloves of a delicately contrasting tint altogether i felt i had turned myself out well and this i found to be the verdict of mrs effie who engaged me in the hall to say that i was to have anything in the way of equipment i like to ask for belknap jackson also arriving now in a smart trap to which he drove two cobs tandem was at once impressed and made me compliments upon my tanway i was aware that i appeared not badly beside him i mean to say i felt that i was vogue in the finest sense of the word mrs effie waved us a farewell from the doorway and i was conscious that from several houses on either side of the avenue we attracted more than a bit of attention there were doors opened blinds pushed aside faces uh, that sort of thing at a leisurely pace we progressed through the main thoroughfares that we created a sensation especially along the commercial streets where my host halted at shops to order goods cannot be denied 
furore is perhaps the word i mean to say almost quite every one stared rather more like a parade it was than i could have wished but i was again resolved to be a dead sportsman among those who saluted us from time to time were several of the lesser townsmen to whom cousin egbert had presented me the evening before and i now perceived that most of these were truly persons i must not know in my present station hodmen road menders grooms delivery chaps that sort in responding to the often florid salutations of such i instilled into my barely perceptible nod a certain frigidity that i trusted might be informing i mean to say having now a position to keep up it would never do at all to chatter and pal about loosely as cousin egbert did when we had done a fairish number of streets both of shops and villas we drove out a winding roadway along a tarn to the country club the house was an unpretentious structure of native wood fronting a couple of tennis courts and a golf links but although it was tea-time not a soul was present having unlocked the door my host suggested refreshment and i consented to partake of a glass of sherry and a biscuit but these it seemed were not to be had so over pegs of ginger ale found in an ice-chest we sat for a time and chatted you will find us crude ruggles as i warned you my host observed take this deserted club-house at this hour it tells the story take again the matter of sherry and a biscuit so simple yet no one ever thinks of them and what you mean by a biscuit is in this wretched hole spoken of as a cracker i thanked him for the item resolving to add it to my list of curious americanisms already i had begun a narrative of my adventures in this wild land a thing i had tentatively entitled alone in north america though we have people in abundance of ample means he went on you will regret to know that we have not achieved a leisured class barely once in a fortnight will you see this club patronized after all the pains i took in its organization they simply haven't evolved to the idea yet sometimes i have moments in which i despair of their ever doing so as usual he grew depressed when speaking of social red gap so that we did not tarry along in the silent place that should have been quite alive with people smartly having their tea as we drove back he touched briefly and with all delicacy on our changed relations what made me only too glad to consent to it he said is the sodden depravity of that flawed chap really he's a menace to the community i saw from the degenerate leer on his face this morning that he will not be able to keep silent about that little affair of ours back there mark my words he'll talk and fancy how embarrassing had you continued in the office for which you were engaged fancy it being known i had been assaulted by a you see what i mean but now let him talk his vilest what is it a mere disagreement between two gentlemen 
generous, hot-tempered chaps, followed by mutual apologies, a mere nothing. I was conscious of more than a little irritation at his manner of speaking of Cousin Egbert. But this, in my new character, I could hardly betray. When he set me down at the flout house, "'Thanks for the breeze out,' I said, then with an easy wave of the hand and in firm tones. "'Good day, Jackson. See you again, old chap.' I had nerved myself to it as to an icy tub, and was rewarded by a glow, such as had suffused me that morning in Paris, after the shameful proceedings with cousin Egbert and the Indian Tuttle. I mean to say, I felt again that wonderful thrill of equality, quite as if my superiors were not all about me. Inside the house, Mrs. Effie addressed the last of a heap of invitations for an early reception. To meet Colonel Marmaduke Ruggles, they read. End of chapter 8